Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is July 11th, 2022. And as we do each week, let's begin with a brief moment of silence to link with the worldwide group, followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. Today we're working in the preparatory days towards the Cancer full moon, which occurs here in New York at 2.37 p.m. on Wednesday. So we're in a full tide of preparatory energy moving towards that point. So it's a beautiful time to be able to work together in our webinar. So as we do each week, we have a twofold purpose in coming together. Our first and important purpose is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. And if you'd like to find out more information about this work, you can go to our website, triangles.org. It's really um, a simple planetary service that began in 1937. And so it's, it's been in, in establishment for many, many years. And therefore it's, it's anchored, but it always needs new members, new life in order to become more potent in its work, which is the work of reconfiguring the planetary network. And so we also come together each week to provide a platform for people who are new to triangles, uh, people who are already members of triangles to participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. So really the work is quite simple. It's three people agree to link together every day so it is quite a major um, commitment, a lifetime commitment, if you so choose, um, to come together and link and visualize a triangle of light mentally, spiritually, and you're dedicating your triangle to the service of all the planetary lives. And so you link with all the other triangles in the world. And as you do so, you visualize the network and then you sound the great invocation which is a world prayer that's a perfect vehicle for the release of the energies of light and goodwill to all people who can respond to it and so it's a it's a it doesn't take much time it can be fit into 
even the busiest of schedules. And so we hope that you will reach out to us if you need help in finding Triangle's partners. You can, as we said, put your name in the chat box here and two people will hopefully respond to you. And you can also go to the Triangle's Meditation Group Facebook page where you can meet Triangle's partners. And you also can go to our website, triangles.org, and there's a brief questionnaire you can fill out to find Triangle's partners. So let's now, as we do each week, participate in a brief meditative visualization. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, we visualize a triangle composed of the three planetary centers. At each point of the triangle, visualize Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize these three points moving around the triangle, merging and blending. And then in the center of that triangle, you visualize the five-pointed star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center through the five points. Visualizing these planetary centers as a great star, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, Visualize these outpouring energies, enlivening small groups, gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Bridging towards the hierarchy, we sound the invocation of light. 
Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Thank you. So just to remind everyone, Lucis Trust in New York will be having our full moon meditation meeting for Cancer full moon tomorrow evening, Tuesday, July 12th at 6 p.m. And I do believe that the London meeting will be the following day, uh, following evening on Wednesday. And just to remind you that full moon occurs at 2.37 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon in New York time. And after the meditation today, we have a special guest, Francis Donald. He'll be presenting a two-part presentation. Um, This week will be the first part, which will be primarily the um, actual presentation. So we do hope to have a few minutes for group comment and sharing. But next week, um, he will lead the group in that sharing. So hopefully, you'll be able to return next week and um, be prepared with some interesting thoughts and questions to, to ask of Francis. Francis is a professional artist, and this is one of his work. This is an image that we often use for the Cancer Full Moon, building this lighted house. Um, He's been studying the ancient wisdom for 35 years and has been involved in teaching and sharing it for the last 10 years. And he's currently offering three ongoing webinar series online One is a new fellowship of cosmic fire. The second is on the secret doctrine. And the third is on Manly P. Hall's secret teachings of all ages. So we look forward to hearing from Francis. So Francis is going to be talking about this stage of the forerunner and the 2025 conclave. So I just wanted to give a very brief few thoughts about this time in planetary history. And many of you will be familiar with it, but if if you're not, I, I thought that a brief introduction would serve. We know that, for example, the spiritual month is divided into four primary parts. 
the period before the full moon. You could divide it into four weeks. The week prior to the full moon period is the time of in-breathing. And each of these stages can be compared to the breath. So it's a time of in-breathing where we are lifting the energies vertically, you might say, touching the highest center. And then the, the week of the full moon is known as the higher interlude period. And this is then followed by the week of outbreathing, where the energies contacted during those first two interlude period, the first uh, in-breathing and the interlude period, are then distributed for a week. And then we go into the week, the final week, for the new moon, wherein the energies are grounded and there's more of a focus on form building. So when we, the idea of the 25, the 25th year conclave, um, in each century, we're told in the 25th year, there is a conclave held within the spiritual hierarchy in which they assess the progress made by humanity over the previous century, the previous 100 years since 1925. And they take stock of where humanity is and they make decisions as to the next uh, phase of the dispensation. And this particular conclave in 2025 is therefore particularly important, in fact, momentous because of the um, stage that humanity has reached and because of the powerful alignments, astrological, rheological, and it makes this time um, one of unprecedented opportunity a time for which we're told the hierarchy has been preparing. And so now we're in the final stage in the cycles of the breath as we move towards 2025. We're in the final stage these next three years of the in-breathing. So we can understand that we're moving into a supreme period of tension. You might say 2025 could be represented by the Aries point a time of incredible new beginnings. And so these, this period now is like the ending of the last degrees of Pisces. It's a lot of will energy available to us. And so we're on the verge. We're at that point where you might say the end is approaching the beginning. There's an overlapping that occurs during these uh, transition periods. And there's a tremendous amount of tension at the final stage of the in-breath. And so I think that's probably enough said by me. And we'll now go into our triangles meditation. Let's come together integrating as a group on the mental plane. Lifting our consciousness and standing at the center of the even arm cross.
and we link in thought as a soul, a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working within this Triangles meditation group. We sound the affirmation of the will together, projecting a line of lighted energy towards the highest center, Shambhala. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands at the heart of love, at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and at the heart of each triangle.
Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Linking together as one group, united in consciousness, we sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. distribution, sound the great invocation, silently or aloud, 
And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth from the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And welcome, Francis. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Welcome. Look forward to hearing from you. I'm very happy to be here. Okay, I will share my screen. So, hello everyone. Welcome to this talk on the stage of the forerunner and the 2025 conclave. Uh, this session will be mostly a presentation. Um, our second session will be an open discussion. It won't just be question and answer, but it'll be an open discussion on the ways that we can during these last few years of the stage of the forerunner um, help prepare humanity for the 2025 conclave. Um, we'll be using the three recognitions that uh, DK 
describes as necessary um, for humanity to uh, come to at that time. So uh, next time we'll be looking at, the, at that. So, but first, during this session, a bit of background. Every hundred years on the 25th year of the century, there is a great assembly of the hierarchy. By the way, the pictures are just used to mark the eras. Sometimes um, they are more hierarchical than other times, but um, they are used primarily to mark the time period. These conclaves of masters, almost certainly overseen by the Christ, determine the agenda for hierarchical impression on humanity for the following century. I was surprised to learn that only a few of the members of the hierarchy have reached the stage of development that actually allows them to be part of these councils. A master's inclusion is at least in part determined by their ability to respond to the intoning by Sanat Kumara of what DK simply describes as an O. It is this sound sent forth every hundred years that gathers together those masters capable of responding into the council. There's also a council held on the 75th year of each century, which plants the seed for the conclave that follows. The purpose of all these hierarchical gatherings was and is to stimulate human consciousness. As you can see by this chart, the conclaves often, though not always, heralded the introduction of a new ray, ray energy or some aspect of a ray energy, gradually bringing six of the seven ray energies into play. Okay, we tend to assume that the hierarchy has always been with us, but this is not the case. DK tells us that, quote, when the hierarchy withdrew behind the separating curtain in Atlantean times, it marked the beginning of an interlude of darkness, of aridity, and a cycle of, quote, blank abstraction, which persisted in its crudest form until 1425. That's the time of the first conclave. And since then, has sensibly lightened until we reach the year 20, 1925. Unfortunately, we don't have time to look at the earlier conclaves, uh, but that's okay. 1925 was a momentous conclave during which three great potencies were released, all in preparation for the conclave coming in, in less than three years. The first of these great potencies was a fresh inflow of the Christ principle of spiritual love, resulting in the immediate and rapid growth of all movements that promote peace, world understanding, goodwill, philanthropic effort, and above all, brotherhood. The second was the stimulation of the principle of relationship leading to an increased development of all methods of communication, such as the press, the radio, 
ever advancing forms of travel. And we can guess that this same outflow was later responsible for TV, the computer, and the internet. The objective of this second outpouring was to bring human beings closer together and thus outwardly parallel the developing inner spiritual unity. The third potency was to outwardly direct the force from Shambhala, thus acting on a decision made during the 1825 conclave that enabled Shambhala to have a direct connection with humanity. This has only happened twice before, once in the Lemurian root race, the third root race, and secondly, during Atlantis, at that time to aid the Lords of Light in their struggle against the Dark Brotherhood. This great triple energetic flow was made possible by the fact that in 1925, we're told, the location of the entire hierarchy actually shifted from the higher mental levels to the buddhic plane, thereby allowing for a direct and unimpeded etheric reception of shambolic energy by the hierarchy. On this shift, DK says, this is one of the significances of the word which we read in the New Testament that the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, a symbolic way of expressing the unveiling of an unimpeded channel. There were also other effects. The publication of a treatise on cosmic fire in 1925 was incredibly important. DK says, TCF will stand as the major and most far-reaching portion of the 30-year teachings. It was also during this time that AAB initiated the Arcane School. Another effect was what DK calls the emergence of a structure of truth and a paralleling responsiveness of the human mechanism, which will eventually allow for the next stage of the teachings of the ageless wisdom. So you see these seeds are planted way in advance. This next stage won't be so much about more information, but will rather initiate an upward shift in our ability to comprehend, which will allow us to, quote, share in the great hierarchical task of illuminating, precipitating, and lifting. So, you know, if you're looking for the third dispensation from DK as a series of books or uh, as a website or, you know, in some other way, it's, that's not quite how it's going to come out. According to DK, it's, it's actually going to be um, affect our own ability to um, be useful to the hierarchy in lifting humanity. Another great triumph of the 1925 conclave was the emergence of a band of advanced souls called the new group of world servers, whose purpose was and is to stimulate human consciousness in such a way that it evokes a response to the plan, a goal only possible 
because of humanity's current level of spiritual advancement. In 1975, and again in the year 2000, a direct impact of shambolic energy was loosed upon humanity. Each time this energy is sent forth, we're told, some fuller aspect of the divine plan is realized. DK tells us that shambolic energy invariably results in synthesis and, quote, holds all things within the circle of the divine love. There are a couple of predictions centered around 1925 that have not come to pass. One of these is a widespread realization by the scientific community of the existence of the soul. The other prediction concerns the third iteration of, of DK's teachings. Uh, the first came through HPB, the second through AAB, and third described by DK as, quote, revelatory emerging after 1975 to be given on a worldwide scale via the radio. So even if we can see that the radio is now the internet, it seems like the third revelatory phase of the teaching hasn't yet come forth. Of course, DK does say after 1975. So this brings us to our main topic, and the theme of this talk, the imminent 2025 conclave. DK's descriptions of this great upcoming event make it clear that the triple energy stream given out in 1925 was definitely in preparation for this coming event, hence the name, the stage of the forerunner. Not since the reestablishment of the influence of the hierarchy in 1425 has the year during which a conclave was held also marked the commencement of a raise cycle. All the other rays began their cycles on the 75th year of a century and thus acted as at least in part of a seed energy for the conclave that occurred 50 years later. But 2025 will mark the beginning of the fourth ray cycle, uh, the ray of humanity itself. Though we're told it will only come slowly into manifestation. This will bring into activity the sixth of seven rays, leaving only the first ray out of manifestation. The idea of a manifested six energized by a hidden seventh is found throughout the ageless wisdom and mythology and can be illustrated in sacred geometry, both through the six-pointed star and the cube with the six faces of the cube representing a vehicle of manifestation for the hidden one at the center. Six manifest raised, one appropriately the first, unmanifest. We find the linear version of this in the way DK illustrates the subplanes of the cosmic physical plane in TCF. Uh, with the uppermost subplane representing the unmanifest source of the six manifesting planes beneath it. A study of the conclaves and the intermediate periods between them suggests that the 
influence of these ray cycles not only determines the nature and quality of the conclave's agenda and subsequent outpouring, but also that these ray potencies are algorithmically cumulative, which suggests that the 2025 conclave will be the most potent single dispensation of them all, as mentioned by Kathy. This is a part true because when a ray is in manifestation, the ashrams associated with that ray are able to more effectively influence humanity. Thus, in 2025, there will be more ray and sub-ray ashrams influencing humanity than at any time in history. All this sets the stage for the externalization of the hierarchy, which in his book of the same name, DK predicts will begin or to occur in 2025. Okay, the fourth ray will begin its cycle, bringing with it certain inevitable changes and the conclaves of 2025 will take place. But what is decided there will at least in part be determined by humanity's ability to come into awareness of what DK calls required recognitions during the stage of the forerunner of which there are only just under three years remaining. So because it goes right to the heart of our subject, let's read about these three recognitions directly from DK. Sorry about the long quote, but this really is, uh, will be the heart of this presentation and the heart of our discussion next time. And actually the way time's going, maybe uh, we'll be getting into it a little bit this time. Okay, above everything else required at this time is a recognition of the world of meaning a recognition of those who implement world affairs, affairs and who engineer those steps which lead mankind onward towards its destined goal, plus a steadily increased recognition of the plan on the part of the masses. These three recognitions must be evidenced by humanity and affect human thinking and action if the total destruction of humankind is to be averted. They must form the theme of all the propaganda work to be done during the next few decades until the year 2025. A brief space of time indeed to produce fundamental changes in human thought, awareness and direction, but at the same time, a quite possible achievement provided the new group of world servers and the men and women of goodwill perform a conscientious task. Evil is not yet sealed. So three recognitions must quote, be evidenced by humanity and affect human thinking and action if the total destruction of humankind is to be averted. So since so much depends on these three points, let's take a closer look. I'll talk a bit about the first required recognition and then open the floor for discussion. 
So first, a recognition of the world of meaning. I was surprised to find that there are 150 instances of the term world of meaning in the blue books. As anyone who reads DK knows, his use of words is very specific, often meaning something entirely different than they do in normal English usage. And so it is with the phrase world of meaning. Here are a few paraphrase definitions of this phrase that I extracted from these 150 instances. First, DK tells us that the Christ externalized the mysteries by revealing to us the world of meaning. So it has to do with the externalization of the mysteries. Second, DK teaches us that the world of meaning stands in a causal relationship to the world of outer phenomena. And third, it is through the intuition that the world of meaning stands revealed and illusion is dispelled. So you can see this whole idea of the world of meaning is pitched very high. So the question up for discussion is, does humanity recognize the world of meaning? What evidence is there that humanity has achieved this recognition as DK defines it? The term recognition doesn't mean mastery or even facility, but something more like knows it to exist, at least to some degree. Also, there's a quality of acknowledgement and acquiescence in the term recognition, like recognizing someone's authority. So we're going to, we're actually going to get in and into it um, this time. And that's, I'm actually very pleased by that. So has humanity embraced this first recognition? Uh, does anybody have any thoughts or comments? Do they, we recognize the world of meaning? Anybody have any thoughts? My own take on this is that large swaths of humanity do to some degree recognize the existence of causal planes of reality that are the source of our true being. Most wouldn't use these words and they may not even be able to articulate the nature of their recognition, but it nonetheless exists as a guiding influence in their lives. Any thoughts about this? Francis, yeah, um, Joshua has his hand up, so I'll, can you, okay, Joshua? Francis. Hey. Thanks for the talk so far. It's been interesting. Good. This, this, uh, what, what occurs to me when you're asking this, there's this YouTube channel called, I think, Rebel Wisdom. Uh, I might be forgetting the name, but they, they often talk on there about sort of the meaning crisis and, and things breaking down the old, old way people thought of things, institutions losing trust. And so, Mm -hmm. At least in that sector, and maybe, uh, you know, with conversations regarding the intellectual dark web, there is this, this sense that there is, there is meaning out there and that the forms, people, institutions aren't necessarily capturing it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's certainly, um, you know, in recognition of um, 
all that is out of kilter with the world of meaning is often the first step towards sensing that there that there is indeed a world of meaning that that is um you know i think of that part of the great invocation you know uh the restoration of the plan you know may the plan be restored that quality and that is you know could be worded uh May could the world of meaning once again um, be known and practiced by humankind? Right. Um, there's also, a, you know, literally millions of groups that do um, this, you know, that do service to humanity. But often they're they're very exoteric, and you know, they don't necessarily um, recognize and hold that there is an inner plane or an inner world of meaning. But, you know, um, my sense is that good works um, have their hidden origins in the world of meaning. So, you know, it's, a, it's really a question of how deep does this recognition, how, what's the requirement? How deep does this recognition need to be? Anyone else have a thought? Um, there's a, a question uh, from Clint. He, he says, can you define the world of meaning in simple terms? Well, let's see. I just went through these. Uh, let me go back and I'll simplify them. Um, the, the first is the idea of the, that Christ externalized the mysteries by revealing to us the world of meaning. In other words, the subjective planes manifested through Christ. You know, it's, it's said that he literally anchored um, the realm of love in physical reality, physical, etheric, astral, and mental, that is to say, right? It made it accessible to us. So there's an aspect of the world of meaning, right? And then maybe most, um, let me go back up to this chart. Yeah, that um, that uh, the causal levels, however you see them to be, and depending on what your practice is, you know, because obviously he's not going to require everybody on the planet to be a um, AAB theosophist. You know, that's not going to happen. So there's going to be an understanding that the world of meaning um, overshadows the outer realms, and that there are beings within this world of meaning that guide uh, and influence those who live in the three worlds of human endeavor. So I would say that's in a nutshell what, what the world of meaning means, right? You know, it's not the deeper meaning of a well-written novel, for instance. It's, you know, not that kind of meaning. Um, you know, gee, what do you really mean by that? This has to do with that that um, influencing subjective quality. Um, there's a comment from Jesse O oh, that says the scientific recognition uh, through quantum physics is showing those so inclined to understand the source of all energy, which is the world of meaning. Yeah, you know, David Bohm has, I thought, made huge strides in this area, breaking down the paradigm that um, that 
science was this purely objective reality. Uh, and, you know, by really poking holes in the and revealing the fact that the observer um, was very much a part of the results, the measurable results in scientific exploration, therefore opening the whole thing to a subjective um, influence. You know, I thought that was a, an extraordinary breakthrough. Um, and, you know, Einstein himself really blew the lid off when he, when he said that, that material or matter is just energy, you know? Mm -hmm. So if that itself is a subjective um, determining force for our existence, right? Anybody, any other thoughts about this? Yeah, there's um, Lois writes, in, in so many people, there is a whispering to do right for all humanity. I think that's right. In in other words, it, it may not be framed in a um, in a structure uh, like we do. You know, those who study the works of DK, we have so much structure around how this uh, manifests, right? Uh, but it nonetheless is a guiding principle within. It's it's like there's an impress that affects one's consciousness, right, and influences us. Um, and I think, you know, we have to hope that that is, fulfills this requirement of an orientation towards the world of meaning, right? Um, Pam writes, could the radio have to do with the intuition, piercing the rain cloud of noble things and bringing it down as thought forms and then broadcasting them? Yeah, wouldn't that be nice if that that was actually, you know, a physical uh, that there was a physical way in which the intuition um, could be quote unquote broadcast? And you know, a, a really important part of this of this world of meaning is um, this recognition of the intuition, even if you haven't opened the channel completely. The recognition of its part in our lives, you know, and that it is a fundamental knowingness, right? That um, will determine the nature of our outer lives. Yeah. Um, Sam writes that the UN has said that, um, I believe it was 85% of the planet believes, um, wants to, help the environment and that shows we're more concerned about something uh, greater than just ourselves. We're concerned with the whole of the planet and certainly Triangle's workers um, adhere to that as well. Right, and Triangle's workers, it, it's built in. You know, yeah. anybody that's, that does Triangle's works recognizes that there's a subjective reality just in the, energetic capacity to link the world through triangles you know that itself fulfills the subjective you know um okay i see joshua's hand joshua yeah okay um or someone else yeah good joshua joshua did you want to share yeah i i was looking at uh, one of the quotes um you pulled up earlier and my reading of it uh, was a little different. Uh, so I figured yeah. I would share that. Yes. 
Um, from externalization of the hierarchy, uh, page 530, he, my reading of it is not that he says it, it, that stage will begin in 2025, but that the date for that stage will likely be set during that conclave in that year. Yeah, there's an, a gradual unfolding. Um, uh, the 2025 really just uh, initiates the process. You're right. Um, that's I read that material as well. So if you know if I suggested in my um, presentation otherwise, that's not what I meant to say. It's not. There's nothing. Uh, you know, you won't wake up the next morning after the Waysock Moon on 2025 and to a an entirely new world, but there will have been the uh, instituting of a great outflow of energies, right? No, but that's what I mean is that he says the first stage of the externalization won't necessarily start in 2025, but he indicates that it will likely be decided when it will start. Yeah, but, yeah but, the, but the planning of the seed and the emanation of the energies um, always precedes any externalization. And, and you're right. He says that the, you know, the externalization happens in three phases and, and we'll get to that. And they do happen sometime later. And they themselves are dependent on, uh, you know, meeting the circumstances um, beforehand that, you know, uh, each one is dependent on the, on the previous stage. And so it could take some time. Um, after all, this is, you know, the, the Aquarian age towards which all this is pitched uh, begins fully without um, Piscean influence in 2117. So we can assume that um, there's going to be a transition um, that is uh, initiated by this conclave. Thank you. Um, James Thank you. writes, um, it could be said that the world of meaning is reflected by humanity as we strive for and more fully express right freedom. Oh, I think so too, yeah. Um, those type of goals uh, are inherent to this world of meaning. Um, DK talks a lot about human freedom as fulfilling um, one of the requirements for moving into the Aquarian age, right? Yeah. Uh, the four freedoms of FTR was considered by hierarchy a milestone, you know, in that way. Uh, okay, so yeah, go ahead. You were about to say. Um, well, I was just going to share something that it seems that one of the services that we as a group all of the all of those who stand in the different traditions at the heart center of the new group of world servers have a real responsibility to stand strong um, during this time because of the many challenges that we're facing and there's such a fomentation of fear among the masses of humanity and it reminded me of the the visualization kind of that the Tibetan presents in relation to this incoming of the seventh ray, where the individual has been sitting under a teetering arch for many, many years, facing towards a room full of chaos. And so I think that's where 
so many so many within the human kingdom stand facing that world of chaos but it's the responsibility of those who are becoming responsive to the world of meaning to sense the other way to move in the other direction and to face a room of quiet and stillness the world of meaning the world of the soul and so you know no matter what's going on outwardly and there may be a lot going on during the next uh, few years um, that's our responsibility to live in both worlds be sensitive to the inner while in the midst of the chaos of the outer yeah it reminds me of what um uh you know the christ said a a man is as he thinks and Mm. you you literally open yourself to the vibratory realm of uh of your belief right and that is guided by your thinking so if you uh live in chaos and in fear then vibratorially you're you're unable to respond um to the peace and the stillness which is what allows the, the world of meaning to uh, impress us. So it really does. It begins on an individual level. It's not. Um, and of course, that's greatly enhanced uh, through group work. There's a hand raised by Michael. And after that, we'll probably just end our meeting. But we'll, after you respond, uh, but next week we can continue with these. Yeah. Hello, Michael. Hi, um, I just had a question about the age of Aquarius. I thought I heard you say it's ushered in in the year 2117. And I was just wondering, uh, how do you know that? <laughs> well, it's it's a date mentioned by uh, Duakul in the Alice Bailey work. Okay. It's actually not mentioned in a book, but it was in an unpublished letter. So it's okay. not actually in the book. But, um, yes, thanks for that clarification. So people don't go diving for yeah. trying to find it in the books itself. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. All uh, right. Well, thank you so much, Francis. And we will be welcoming you back uh, to finish this presentation. And I will send you the chat, which might um, stimulate yeah. some more thought for your next presentation. Yeah. Yeah, I'll read the chats. Um, also, I put a link in there for my other webinars. If you're interested, you yeah. can you could uh, copy paste it and then uh, link up that way. So I'll see you next week. Thanks very much, Kathy. I've enjoyed this. Thank you. And so we just end with a brief moment of silence to link up and visualize the planet surrounded by a network of triangles, followed by the sounding of the sacred word. Thank you, everyone.